We're going to play Lion King instead, and I'm going to be Simba and pounce on people. It's not tackling. <laughs> if the sound is weird, it's because we finally got a microphone, and I don't know if I'm using it correctly. So if it's really weird, we'll get it fixed for the next one, except probably not, because we're recording two in one weekend. So, sorry. I tried to use the other day, I'll try and, let me see if I can show it to you. I tried to use the like baby face filter on Snapchat. Oh. And there's no difference. Are you fucking kidding? You're gonna have to show me that one. Yep, I'm pulling it up right now. You look exactly the fucking same! <laughs> it makes other people look so little, and I just look the, the same. The only difference is your neck is like one millimeter thinner. I know! That's the only difference. It makes my sister look like she's, like, two. Oh, <laughs> uh, and news this week. I've told everyone, because I'm excited. My sister got engaged. Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. And I'm the maid of honor. Yes. Except she was like, but you're not a girl. So you're, like, the maid of honor. <laughs> but spelled hey. M-A-D-E, because you're maid of honor. <laughs> And I was like, what do you want me to wear to your fucking wedding? Armor? Like... Well, you know, instead of being a maiden, you can be a maiden. Okay. I said I should wear armor, and she told me absolutely. So, I mean, I guess I'm wearing an armor suit to her wedding. Are we talking plate armor? Or are yes. we talking, like, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have my sword. I'm gonna knight her in. <laughs> I honestly... Go with the knighting. I'll take that. You know, I asked her that. I was like, why do you want me to be maid of honor? I'd much rather officiate it. But being maid of honor, I don't have to pay for the trip to Disney that we're doing for her bachelorette party. And she texts me, what do I do with Josh? I can't be like, Eli, you're our maid of honor. And Josh, you're nothing. <laughs> and Aaron, her fiance, goes, he can walk the dog down the aisle. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. oh man, it's I mean it's beautiful. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Name the show. I'm Mr. Rogers. Yay! I'm so proud of you. I absolutely hate this theory, and you're gonna have to take the like reins on this one because I don't understand sports to begin with. Ah. So like, to me, I'm like I don't see why this even matters. Like. I just, I don't do the sports thing. I do the dance thing and the singing. Leave them swordsmanship, right? Have you ever sparred? Yeah, but like, this, I mean, a lot of this focused on like NBA and the NFL. That's true. And I don't, I can't tell you shit about either of those. I know NBA is baseball. Or is it basketball? I think it's the Basketball Association. I think the MLB does baseball. NBA is basketball. Okay, NFL is football. Yeah. NHL is hockey. Okay. So, you know, this is all shit that I was like, I don't know what this, like, that's too many abbreviations. I've never been to a football game. I've never been to a baseball game. I've been to a hockey game. Those are fun. Okay. I'm not a big sports fan either. Okay. But I've competed in sports. Are we talking like taekwondo, 
Sparring. I mean, I was a star outfielder for baseball back in Little League, and I was gonna go into the um, I was gonna go into the high school team, but I frankly I, I didn't like the people I was playing with. Everyone was just kind of a an asshole. Fair. Um, and I played soccer for a bit. I got kicked off of that team too because I decided it was tackle football instead. Eli. That's my knowledge of sports, is getting kicked off of teams for deciding it was wrestling instead of what the actual sport was. Anyways, I'm Eli. And I'm Ian. And this is... Conspiracy Crashers. Is that the sports noise? That's sports noise. Um, if you've figured it out, we are talking about sports today. But today we are talking about how... Sports are scripted. All of them. All of them. Not just um, rest what world. What is WWE? What does it stand for? World wrestling event, probably. I was like worldwide exercising. WWE. Um, world wrestling entertainment. I was close. You were close. You were much closer than I was with like worldwide exercise. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You thought they were a fitness program? It's like the new CrossFit, isn't it? I mean, okay, The what I will say is at least when you're talking about ice skating, you can make the argument that literally an ice skater's routine, especially at, like, the Olympics, is in fact choreographed and therefore yeah. is to an extent. Right, like that's staged, gymnastics is staged. Yeah. Because you have your routines. But I guess what's different between that and then, like, the whole... There was a specific scandal, I remember, with um, Michael Phelps. Where he got the gold medal um, when he should have actually gotten silver. Um, back in his first Olympic Games. Is this true? I think it was a thing within, like, 0.02 seconds or something, like, ridiculous. If that's true, then it's prob- it probably wasn't, like, guaranteed that he didn't earn it. The, yeah. What problem? I think what happens is a. Uh, they can only measure. Uh, I think they, there's a limit on how much time increment uh, can be measured uh, by the cameras they're using to record the events. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is ac- there is actually a well-known cutoff point where the margin of victory is so small that you can't actually determine the victor. Very interesting. Well, I mean, it must have been a thing where it was, like, a fingertip. Like, I do recall Michael Phelps cut a couple of his races very short. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that goes right into, though, people believing it's rigged because he's still got gold. The thing is, I'm not sure if... I'm not sure necessarily how the Olympics grade swimming. Like, do they have a full panel of judges, or is there just, like, a floor ref? for the pool. I would assume it's a full panel um, and then a ref, but I'm not sure. I didn't think to look into that because, you know, in my mind, Olympic swimming wasn't where this was going to go, but that's where we're starting. I mean, every sport, right? Yeah. And I mean, okay, I'm also going to say right now, this episode is going to be largely conversational um, instead of our usual here are the facts. Yeah. I mean, we, we have less time as active college students during the school year than we would normally in the summer. But at the same time, we thought it would be interesting to try out sort of a more, 
you know, a more flexible way of discussing the topics where it's not just here's what we think and here's why and here's why this is wrong. You know? Yeah. All right, sports. We were talking about swimming. That's and true. We were talking about they... swimming and ice skating. Ice skating. Um, and then gymnastics was the other one that we said was yeah. automatically staged to an extent. Um, specifically, your floor routine, your beam routine, beam? Your beam routine, and bar. So, the, yeah. I, it's, this is where it starts. To, this question in, in itself this theory was very interpretive yeah. because there are lots of ways you could read into something being scripted so as we've as we've talked about there are indeed routines standardized routines done in certain sports so if you have repeated movement patterns that you know are more or less going to be the same regardless of the athlete you could indeed say the events are themselves scripted. Right. Uh, I think when they're talking specifically about sports being staged or scripted, that they aren't talking about gymnastics. And I think they're talking about the competitive element. Yes. Well, I mean, those are competitive sports still, though. No, um, they are. And... But, but I mean, I think they're not talking about the routines themselves. Right, right. They're talking about who is messing up their routines intentionally mm -hmm. take a fall right and that's where it gets really blurred because i mean we do have and this goes into the gematria code um gematria gematria i i actually don't know <laughs> it's um hebrew i should know how to say it i'm gonna say gematria um and someone tell me when i'm wrong please because i probably am um, but that goes into that whole theory because we have predictions every year of who's going to come home with the gold. Mm -hmm. You know, it was Simone Biles, Simone Biles, she's going to get gold for everything. And she did. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that was predicted before the Olympics even started. Now, given they were also looking at her scores from competitions all year, her worlds, her yeah nationals her like state it was looking at all of that as well but um you know you can still say the predictions um and i think that's what they were saying was like from what i was reading and i might have not understood it but that's been the big thing is using that coding um they've been able to call the outcomes all the way to like championships the day the brackets announced that's the claim. Right. And the question that I have then is how much of that is truth and how much of that is like a 50-50 chance type thing? I guess it depends on how complicated things are. Like how it, complicated, how multifaceted a prediction is. Right. Well, because like, I mean, when I think brackets, I think it's this versus this and whoever wins goes to verse them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, you start automatically with a 50-50 chance. Yes. And so, I guess what gets complicated would be then if you have four teams, you have a 50-50 chance of picking who goes... Mm, you'd have to have more than that. If you have eight teams, 
which means the second time there's four teams competing against each other. Yeah. If That's, you just randomly guessed, you'd have, what, like a 12.5% chance? Yeah, it's going to decrease as you go. And so to successfully call the entire thing is, I feel like, just really unlikely. Um, but I also didn't look to see if it happened. I'll tell you the things I saw. The, so, the way Gematria works is you take words or phrases and you assign numerical values to certain letters and certain words. Okay. And when you sum those letters and words and phrases, you take the sum of the numerical values used to represent them, and you compare those numerical values to other words, which words and phrases and letters, which have equal numerical value. And in doing this, they take, so in doing this, when you're talking about a sports prediction, people will take uh, headlines, quotes from players, and uh, scores, uh, try to write them into team names, you know, they'll take anything they can get. Uh, they'll run them through a Gematria uh, calculator, which gives them the numerical value, and they'll compare it to other words which have similar numerical values. And using these numerical associations, they believe they can predict they believe it's not like they're predicting the future it's they think that the code used by people who are scripting the games is gematria and so by looking at these subtle hints which may or may not actually exist but these subtle numerical connections between words based on this ancient coded language they believe they can predict the outcome that script writers have chosen for a particular game okay so then you're um, going off of the like idea that like everyone is using the same code. Yeah, the the logic is that the there is an overarching controlling body for all all professional sports. Okay. Which dictates the outcomes of the games. This is the one part I don't quite fully understand. It is like they'll They'll have the script for the games sort of reflected in subtle clues that are found throughout all of the games that right. are Right, being... and that's using like teams, like people, certain players' jersey numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's the theory: is that the is that you can take these random, you can take these associations, these numerical associations that you can find in the games. And those are hints as to what the scripted results for the upcoming events are going to be. Mm-hmm. So, no, go ahead. The only thing I don't get is what motive they would have for leaving these clues subtly around for the public to notice if they are, in fact, trying to script events. Mm-hmm. Because, literally, they could just, you know, email the players privately the script. <laughs> Right. You know, 
So that that becomes my first question because I I genuinely didn't understand that from any of the posts I read was why they would do this. Right. Well, and here is my thought on that because I was reading and had the same like why. Yeah. And my thought was because gambling is a big thing and that's why we have black books um and vegas and like you know yeah and so by fixing it if you're say the black the person that has the black book black book operations i think that's what it was called um and you know what's gonna win and you know you're gonna get more money if people lose the bet to you you know where to put it what to say to make it more profitable for yourself and so from the financial standpoint there's that but i also found out the nba and nfl are registered under entertainment organization organizations not under sporting organizations Interesting. which means they are not under legal obligation to give you a fair game are, are those the only two examples though no i have more that was just what i no no i mean but like our other sporting leagues um, I know WWE is under entertainment. Okay, well, yeah. But um, FIFA is not. There you go. Okay. So it would support two of them, but not all but of not them. Not all sports category. Yeah. I do want to bring up, why does the NFL exist? What do you mean? Why is the NFL so big and prominent in our lives? Like, what was the point of found, of founding the NFL? Um, unless you have a specific answer already in mind, doing an actual sociocultural analysis of why we chose specific sports to become prominent in our cultures over decades and centuries, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> so, here we go. Okay. Story time with you. Eli did history research because I did not understand this theory. Um, so in the 50s, that's when um, football was first televised. And it started gaining a lot of traction very fast. And so the NFL formed because they discovered that networks were willing to pay large sums of money for broadcasting rights. And in turn, advertisers were willing to pay for engaged audiences. Mm. So the NFL's existence is largely based on making money through ticket sales, advertising, merchandise. So is the overall goal, the overall existence of it, for money? And if that's the case, would rigging it for the team that has a larger fan base What's happening? Why don't you just tell me? I, I, no, I was asking you. Like, Repeat this for me then. Are they... Um, basically because marketing is so important for like the NFL, um, is it a thing where, like, it becomes an opportunity cost? If the Giants win, we're going to sell more merchandise, which means we're going to make more money. 
if the Patriots win, where's the money? If we put a player in the spotlight, um, because let's put this player in the spotlight so that the team merch sales go back up. Like, is it strategic that way? And maybe it's not staged to wins, but it's staged as who's in the spotlight win. Possible. And then would you look into like, at this point in time, the Giants have a bigger market for sales and cost than the Patriots. So let's make that one more valuable and let them win. I can see the logic behind it, at the very least. Uh, mm -hmm. The financial angle definitely helps. Um, but it doesn't quite match up with the fact that there are still very boring, uneventful football games. Well, and would that be done to avoid suspicion? But how many of those... How many of these supposedly staged bad games are we to expect from shows that are trying to maximize viewer retention and, and uh, profits? Right. Okay. Like, for example, how often does the WWE slip in a bad match just to give it a, a, set, a taste of realism? How often does that happen? Because the WWE, the WWE has consistently had uh, very successful financial uh, financial gains through its, right. and the way they do that is by constantly having sensationalization, not by distracting the audience from its scriptedness by throwing in a crappy match once in a while. Mm -hmm. Granted, well, there are matches that people will subjectively feel are less entertaining than others, but. Overall, the entertainment value of any given season, I guess, of mm -hmm. pro wrestling is going to be the same. Well, and I guess the difference, though, with, like, like you can't put WWE in this category of this theory is because WWE came out from the get-go as being scripted and staged. That's like, true. They never once tried to deny it, whereas like the accusations against the NFL and NBA are denied time and time again by players. Yeah. Well, this this comes to be a question: is okay if sports entertainment was the goal all along, not fair games, and there's already a history of people willing to pay large amounts of money to watch completely staged matches just because they're theatrical. Why even bother hiding it? Why not just say, sure, we're hosting uh, staged football games that we expect will be far more dramatic and entertaining than what you would get in real time. Mm -hmm. Why not just come out and do that? It's already, for different sports, a very popular model. model. Look, at, look at sports animes. People are willing to watch literally not even close to realistic portrayals of sports in a cartoon. And some of those do very well financially. Yeah. So if people, if there's already a market for people willing to watch fake sports, there's no reason for them to deny it if they actually are. But if at this point they stopped denying it and said, okay, you're right. We've faked it this entire time, kind of like how women fake orgasms. 
I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. Um, hey, that's just because they haven't gotten their hands on Zeus yet, okay? Um, yeah, they need Zeus. <laughs> but is it going to make them lose a really large fan base if they came out now and said... That is the question, but again, let's talk about when it was founded. Even if it was founded for the purpose of entertainment, if you had to make the call, you would have to probably pick to market yourself either by doing real games or staging games. Right. Depending on where the money was. You already told me the real games that were televised already were financially profitable. Yes. They had no reason to stage them. All they wanted to do was profit, capitalize on what was already happening with real games. Is that not correct? I mean, that is correct. Um, but then that's where it gets into, like, they're also making money off of merch sales. And so do we put it in the favor of a certain team that has a bigger fan base? That's possible. The, the thing is, I don't think that at an organizational level, they would necessarily stage entire matches with scripts for the sake of profit. If they really wanted to control the outcome of a game to the extent that they could control merch sales, they wouldn't have to make the whole teams stage their activities. You could just have one ref be in, on, in, be in cahoots and say, hey, uh, this was a foul. I don't really know why, but it is. It fucked. Right. Right. And I do have some stuff on that. I do yeah. want to read this little blurb from someone who was very pro at their stage. And it says, um, how do you influence the competition without actual scripting, without arising suspicion? By changing the rules and changing where the plays being called come from. The NFL starts giving orders from on high. Offense and defenses are set against each other in strategic ways to allow for an artificial advantage that these exceptionally skilled players will naturally exploit. Just by aligning the teams in the right way, these calls can, with high probability, produce the desired outcome. And if the play doesn't go the right way, you throw a flag. Bad calls and controversial flags drive drama and reviews give an additional commercial break opportunity. The Precisely. NFL can now, with computational methods, model and predict how every defensive play will affect offensive play and call both sides strategy to allow the natural talent of the football players to work in their favor. Instead of bringing every person in the league on board, you only need to have cooperation from the team leadership. Why? As stated, it increases drama, but it has secondary ter and tertiary, is that how you say that? Sure. Yeah, Benefits as well. Using market research, the NFL could target specific high-value markets to increase merchandise and ticket sales. Why haven't the Lions done well in years? Because their fan base is in an economic trend towards lower income. Why are the Patriots and Broncos winning so consistently? These are economic boom markets. So then it goes on to say, what about the Packers? Wisconsin isn't thriving, but the team does well. That's because their fan base is ravenous and will scoop up tickets and merchandise as long as they have celebrity players and a moderate amount of success. They don't have to win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl for Packer Mania to kick in. So that's basically saying the way they do it isn't by staging the entire game, but by strategy. 
by strategically saying this team needs to make this play. Yes. This, I think, is a much more probable interpretation of a staged sport than literally the, uh, the suggestion that sports are play-by-play scripted. Mm-hmm. Because some sports are, would be almost impossible to play-by-play script. For example, uh... Hockey? Hockey, maybe. I'm trying to think of... If you have a sport like... The thing is, I don't know enough about sports to really comment. But I can I say from my experience with baseball when I was a kid. Uh, oh, that's another thing we can get into later. But anyway, um... Uh, when I was playing baseball, I could occasionally, you know, make sure I... Like, if, like if there were times when I needed to bunt, I could bunt. And if I needed to hit, I could hit. But I was in no position as a batter to literally place my hit of the ball, like tell you where my where I was going to hit the ball to on the. Wait, field. you mean you couldn't do that? I couldn't. I mean, maybe I'm now, just a supernatural entity then. <laughs> now, my my the problem is my experience is probably not comparable to a professional baseball player. So I can't say for sure how that works. Right. But I'm just saying at a very moderate level of play, I can't call my shots. Yeah. Now I think that if baseball players could call their shots, there wouldn't be foul balls. How do you think though, like this comes in also though into just like pure probability if someone's hit 98 out of every 104 balls thrown. Chances are he's going to hit the next one. And so you almost can call it once you have the statistic of what is standard. Yeah. And so with that, if you have a team that um, has a lot of success and has a lot of people wanting to be bet on and to be like brought into that team, you're going to end up with a stacked team whose statistics of winning are higher. That is one more reason I want to talk about uh, talk about more about the financial aspect of the teams. Because while it's true that, that more sales equates to perhaps more entertainment value, thus, you know, or to, so, thus you could see them rigging it to increase entertainment value that way. On the other hand... While it's easy to imagine an isolated scenario where the only factor affecting the affecting the games is how much money the uh, the NFL is making from televising all this, the other angle to consider is some teams are wealthier than others mm-hmm. and are situated in areas which have generally higher higher income. Uh, college football players around and higher income teams uh, in college tend to be able to afford better facilities better training coaches and so if we're really going to look at the financial aspect we have to wonder how much of this is really scripted and how much of it is just better proof of just if you have more money to throw around you can create a better team yeah and I mean that's where it does get really blurred, like you were saying. The real question here is if the statistical disparity between teams is enough to account 
for the predictions made uh, by people saying, oh, these must be scripted to increase ticket sales. Right. So here's my question. Sure. And this was the one, like, big question I had. Yeah. Is it scripted or is it rigged? That, that, that is, again, the biggest issue with this theory is how you interpret the statement, all sports are staged. And yeah. that's why I brought up the baseball example, which is, I think that even at the highest levels of a sport, you can't 100% predict, like, if I tell, if I tell a professional baseball player to hit a fly ball to right field uh, against a 90 mile an hour pitcher. I don't know if a professional baseball player could do it, mm -hmm. but I have my doubts. Yeah. If I told them hit the pitch, I'd believe they could probably do it. If I told them to place their shot and specifically what kind of shot it is, whether it's a line drive or a fly ball or a grounder, that I don't think you could probably script. I agree. And there are I'm... lots of sports where it would be like that, mm -hmm. you know? Especially things like, like swimming. How would you script swimming to make them consistently lose? You'd have to teach them how to control how inefficient their body mechanics are for swimming. Right. How do you and do that? You can't. That's the thing. Especially when you're dealing with, on the Olympic level, um, these, I mean... And fractions of a second difference. Yeah. You're dealing with the best of the best on a very competitive level. To rig it, you would have to take into account how many events is this person participating in. Yeah. If it's a day of, like, all swimming events or something, and you're competing in 17 of the 19... By the time you get to number 17, your likely of likelihood of placing gold in number 17 is so much lower yeah. than your likelihood of gold within the first like three or four races. Yes. And so to rig something like that, let alone, or to script something like that, let alone to even rig something like that, would be almost impossible other than to put, you know, Michael Phelps with fucking me like yeah and... I, I mean i can see how in theory you could say okay you just swim slower intentionally and you could try and make that happen but when you have races that are so consistently within fractions of a second of each other victories yeah i feel like those would be i mean even I'm sure you, I mean, you've, you've done stunt work before, right? Yeah. Have you ever done ones that were time sensitive? Yes. How much practice do you need to make that happen? Um, I got pretty lucky. We were really close to just do it and it was fine. But it was, I mean, we still had to do it three or four times. Because the first time I cleared the sword before it went over my head, but he didn't swing early enough. So I cleared it but it didn't even look like he was trying to attack me because I was well past it when he swung. The second time, he swung on time and I dove on time, but I missed the weapon that I was supposed to grab as I dove. I knocked it across the 
room. So that would end a fight right there, because now the other opponent's on the ground without a weapon. Um, The third time, my shoe fell off. Um, And then we finally got it on the fourth one. And so it wasn't a time issue. mm, But it still is. It still is. The timing of it matters. And this is what I'm talking about, is like, if, if, you know, if actual stuntmen can't perfectly just choreograph a set and say, okay, go, and do it in one take, who's to say Olympic athletes can? If you really need that close of a coincidence between two events, then it's not, it's not so easy when you have people at such high levels of sport going with such small margins of error. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to bring up high dive. How can you rig or script something like that? Like there are can... lots of there are lots of very subjective sports, mm-hmm. um, which, while they have uniform ways of grading particular stunts, it's still up to a majority vote. You, it's not all, it's not all the time you have a unanimous vote. Things like like you said, high dive. Yeah, or or even sports like uh, like snowboarding. Mm-hmm. You know, they it just it can go so wrong in a fraction of a second, and like I can attest to not snowboarding but skiing. Um, yeah, I never did it competitively, but I was a damn good skier, okay. and freak accident um, tore my meniscus. Yeah out of nowhere and like we had been skiing for days and I hadn't had an issue on any of the black diamonds like I was fine I was doing the moguls the jumps whatever and then on a fucking bunny slope fell and tore my ACL not ACL meniscus I'm tired um my mom tore her ACL but I mean like someone who like we used to go every year it wasn't like I'd never skied before yeah it can happen to anyone out of nowhere um my mom tore her ACL in a sparring match. And yeah. like, she was good. She was really good. Um, but like, all it takes is one thing. And so for something like diving, where all it takes is over twisting once to land on your back and paralyze yourself, you can't. There's a variable of like, you expect them to be able to do it because of practice. But there's still a variable of uncertainty. So even if they tried to rig it, you're still going to be playing against the possibility of it going wrong. I, I think for sure, it's almost impossible for all sports to be scripted. Yeah. To be choreographed or scripted, I don't think it's possible. The amount of time and training and effort that would be needed to put it to go into that would be greater than the effort needed to just have the athletes compete under fair circumstances. Mm-hmm. And we still pay to watch that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean... Hey, bro! Hey, bro! Awesome bro take! Yeah, man, I hoped you noticed I got it from Phoenix Fit. Like the bird? No, it's spelled F-N-X Fit. Fuel for greatness. Oh, yeah, man, you are pretty great. You know, I've totally heard of them. I get my protein powder from them. Dude, bro, you use protein powder? That's why you look so good. Man, thanks, bro. Dude, I'm looking at the website right now. 
They donate a gallon of clean water to parts of the world that don't have it every time you make a purchase. Well, bro, that's so beautiful. Just like our romance, dude. I love you, bro. No, I love you, bro. Use the code CRASHER with a capital C for 15% off every purchase at fnxfit.com. Where do we leave off? Scripted and rigged, right? So we just talked about scripted. We're pretty much in agreement. Scripting, like actual choreography, impossible. Yeah. Just, just no, no way. Rigging, much more likely. Yes, I agree. Not that I'm saying I think personally that any of it actually is rigged, but in terms of actually being possible, much more plausible. At least, at least it, it feasibly would work. Now, I do see though where they're saying your um, refs. Yeah. I do see where it could become very heavily, I'm gonna use rigged because I like that. I feel like that's a more viable thing anyways. Yeah. But you could see where it comes very heavily rigged in one direction or another when you start seeing all of these faults that are called that you're like this makes no sense what the fuck is happening yes and to go with that upon doing my research i found out that players can actually be fined um in the nba at least for complaining about calls that were made so that doesn't really help this theory that this isn't happening like and yet we once again Again, the real issue I, I think that this theory has is that this is the problem with a lot of conspiracy theories is they take something which could be possible and they try to apply it to too broad a scope where it just becomes too unlikely. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about all sports being rigged because of ref interference, what about sports like sprinting? where it's not as if you have one guy eyeballing the thing at the end and saying, oh yeah, I, I saw it, I swear, on, I swear on a Bible, this guy won the race. You have video cameras with which you can like manually frame by frame look to see who actually won the race. Right, and they will do that. Yeah, and so, and, and again, it's not as if you have one judge, you have a whole panel. And so, in a sport like that, I think it would be far too obvious mm -hmm. to try and to, for a ref to try and fake a call. Especially with sprinting and I mean just running in general you have these I mean I don't want to say freaks of nature but freaks of nature like is it Usain? Usain? Usain. Um, Bolt who's the fastest runner ever timed. Yeah. I mean, he's won seven Olympic golds, I think. Um, and then in the relay team in London in 2012, um, his team holds the record of completing it the fastest because of him. Yeah. And I mean, you have someone like that on your team and yeah, it's gonna be rigged in your favor, but not in the way that this theory is saying. Yeah. And so I think it's, I mean, it really is up to the individual on their interpretation of it. Um, but then, there also 
are things where, um, I mean, there was the Black Sox scandal with um, baseball. Um, you've got that where they did have to come out and say, yep, we did this. We rigged this. Sorry. Except it wasn't the MLB that rigged the game. It was mm -hmm. outside influences. It was people who wanted their bets to come in. Yep. Which still goes against the idea that the games themselves were rigged by the organization. Instead, it's very provable. Yeah, we took bribes from not within the organization to throw the game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we also see it again with um, the um, NBA with the drafts that happens all the time that they'll try and rig through that. I mean, there's a shit ton of cases against the NBA for that. Yes. But is that still rigging it from an outsider's standpoint? Like, at what point does doing something like that become an insider's action? I truly don't know the answer to that. No, I mean, that's... I don't have much all. Okay, I have a few things we can talk about, actually, beyond this. Alright. Um, so the first is scope of application. Okay. If we talk about all sports are staged, a lot of the counterexamples we've been bringing up are from the Olympics. Yeah. However, the Olympics are amateur sports. The athletes are not expressly paid uh, significant amounts of money to compete. They are sponsored and can, you know, work with advertisers, you know, to make money that way. But they do not directly through their sport make enormous amounts of money. Professional athletes do. Yeah. I think there's there is a lot more money in professional sports than there are in um, amateur sports, mm -hmm. and so it's conceivable that in professional sports there would be more issues with rigging and scripting than there would be in amateur sports. Right. Now so that I is mean, one thing to consider. We have talked mostly on the Olympic level, but I mean my belief was this theory was mostly on the professional level. Yes. So, NFL, NBA, NHL. So, I mean, those are the levels where rigging it makes sense. Um, the part that I get a little more lost at is when they're talking about, like, collegiate baseball and yes. stuff being rigged, because I'm like, why does that matter? That was something else I was going to ask, is at what level do all sports start being rigged. Because, like, you're not gonna rig a four-year-old t-ball team. <laughs> exactly. I, like, I played my hardest when I was in Little League. Yeah. And everyone else on the other team was doing the same. Everyone else on my team was doing the same. Mm -hmm. And there's literally no money involved, at least not big change, there would be no possible incentive, even for outside betters, to rig the Little League games. Right. Could you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine some parent handing over like 200 bucks to the umpire? 
My boy's birthday is coming up. We need to have him win this. We okay? need this win. It's so important for my four-year-old. Um, the sad thing is, I could see some parents doing that. Well, though, interestingly, fun fact, okay, I can give you the inside scoop on Little League. Okay. Honestly, the parents don't actually... They don't care. They don't really care if their kid wins or loses. What yeah. they care about is that their kid gets to play a lot. And there was a very interesting trend where the parents who spent the most time volunteering at the games and who donated the most money to organizations, somehow their kids got played in a lot more innings than some of the other kids like me. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... We're talking about rigging at, like, child recreational game level. That's what it is. It's actually more in terms of who was on the field when, as opposed to who scores what against who. Right. Or what penalties are going to Right, and that goes right back into, though, like, what all are we considering rigged? And at what point are we going to call it and say it's rigged? Exactly. Um, And so, I mean, I think the theory as a whole is messy because there's not... It's not specific enough as to what it what it's talking about and that's a mistake on their part honestly i'm if you're gonna have a theory like this and i'm not trying to like bash the theory itself i mean yes i am let's be real but like i'm gonna say i'm not (laughs) but you know you're not gonna be like hey let's tell everyone it's rigged when it's like if you want people to believe it you can't be this wide scope i guess that's the wording i needed I'm sorry you've taken it to a point where I personally don't find it believable anymore. Yeah. I, I think it is I think it is entirely fair and justified to say that all sports can't be rigged. If you at least made the argument some sports are rigged, you would almost be able to build a case for it. Yeah. But all sports are rigged, it's impossible. You you cannot you can't. In fact, I th- I'm pretty sure it's impossible to rig some sports, at least in the sense that is implied by the question. Mm-hmm. You know? I still... I'm going to stay with what I said about hockey. I don't think you can rig hockey. I'm sure there's a way. Oh, I mean, there's got to be, like, a way, but, like... I mean, there are, there are still referees, right? Yeah, but the refs, at least in the hockey games that I've been to, are less there to call things and more there to stop them from murdering each other. (laughs) You could argue that that's all fake too, and for entertainment, that they beat the shit out of each other like that. To be fair though, I mean, it's football on a frictionless surface. Yeah. There's one collision, even if it was a minor one, would result in a slip and slide. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think, it would be more. It would be more difficult to script them not falling over. Right. I guess that what I'm saying. I mean, I know that went off on like its own tangent, but yeah. I guess what I'm saying from that is right back to um, the theory of rigging it for increased sales value and increased viewers. You know, is it like, hey, Tom, get into a fight with Vladimir tonight? I don't know where those names came from. Tom and Vladimir. I just don't see... I don't see enough of a way for a universal mechanism 
for rigging things. And I certainly don't see how how numerical analysis with names would come into it. Yeah. That that part of the theory makes the least sense to me is why would they feel the need to release hints about their script to the public through these coded messages? So that we can place bets. But then who but, does that but, benefit except for us? Because they're losing. But yeah, money. who would that yeah, would that benefit the organization? Probably not. Um, in fact, the more people who are able to predict the outcome, the fewer people who are going to be interested in the tension of not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and then that's where, like, if, like, let's go off on a cliff here and say, yes, everything's staged. If everything's staged and you have an idea of what's happening, how much viewership would you lose? It's hard to say. Um, because, and I think part of why it's hard to say is because we have WWE which has been extremely successful. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the first wrestling match I ever watched was a WWE match. Like, it wasn't uh, actual wrestling. Like, you know? Yeah. It was, let's watch these people beat the shit out of each other, but they're told what moves they need to do. Exactly. Um, And so, like, if they had said from the get-go, it's staged. I think it would have done really well, but I think part of the issue now is if they did come out, people are pissed. But I do think it is interesting that those two in particular are registered as entertainment instead of sports. That is interesting. Like, if you were to make a case, I'd start there. Yeah. But is it under entertainment because that's how it's viewed most often? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how how I don't know how organizations get classified. Oh, either. So I don't it's either. Hard, it's hard for us to make that that call without further research. Yeah. But I, you know, my questions are: Are we really talking all sports being rigged, or only professional sports? Um, it is gonna matter greatly what we're choosing to classify as professional uh, at what point they're being rigged because a lot of what I read also accused collegiate level but that's not professional level yeah but collegiate is still televised it is yes but, but I feel also, like this also has to beg the question what about those sports that aren't so popular like for example Olympic wrestling gets barely any TV time it gets horrible TV slots I mean, I was... Like, not professional wrestling, real, like, Olympic wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody watches it. So, are are they rigged? Do they have enough motivation to rig wrestling? Could you imagine rigging curling? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Or, wait, let's rig bowling. Right. But, like, you know, this... Again, no matter what angle you look at for how and why these things are rigged, there isn't any way you could apply it to universally all Yeah, sports. there's still a lot of flaws in it. Um, I mean, I know how they rig bowling. Let's be real. They put a bunch of people my size in the back to just reach out really quick and knock out the pins. Could you imagine a gutter ball but all of the pins? Like, damn it, I read the wrong sheet. Um... If you're rigging a sport like that, what happens when something like what I just made a joke about does happen? 
Yeah. Um, like, is that when the Mafia and the Illuminati get involved and you never see that person who fucked it up again? Um, I mean, but- there, there are even Gematria codes, supposedly, for players dying and when and why. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, at that point, why would they script the death of their own players? <laughs> right. I'm not then... I, like, there's no way you could legalize that at any level. Yeah. I mean, again, it is though. What time? What point do we care enough to rig it? Yeah. Because I mean, there are some people who really love curling. Yeah. And then there's us who are like. <laughs> um, you know. At the very least, up to high school level, there really wouldn't be, like, a huge financial incentive to rig anything. Right. That's a lot of years of non-rigged sporting going on before entering the collegiate scene, at which point, like, how do you... Would they have to be getting extra training on how to rig games beyond the normal skill set? Yeah of like what this rig play is going to look like and what this is going to look like and blue blah yeah. blotty blah yeah um yeah they would have to have more um training on it just from the perspective of like it's hard um yeah my other question in regards of something like that version of things is how much more are you going to have to pay them to keep quiet because if you're hiding something like that, you're going to have more whistleblowers. And that's where stuff like amateur sports, beca- it becomes almost impossible to justify that these people are being shut up for like, you know... Millions of dollars. Shape. You know, what's, what's, the average, what's the average amateur athlete salary? Zero dollars. Well, yes, hypothetically athletes who are amateur receive no pay but uh the average salary of an athlete and sports competitor according to the bureau of labor statistics is fifty one thousand dollars a year that's median so they're scraping by yeah you know they're not impoverished but they're not you know these guys aren't getting aren't rolling in money as exchange in exchange for their silence right Professional athletes, sure, especially at the top, top levels. But yeah, even even the difference between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball is, you know, we're talking dropping from millions of dollars in salary to Mm -hmm. $30,000. And I mean, you just get to a point where it's not worth it for you or anyone else on the team. I think it's fair to say, I don't think any actual plays in games or sports are staged in any way. I think it's possible that you could that if you really wanted to rig something as an organiza- at an organizational level, you could you could keep referees as insiders on what you wanted to have happen and have them sort of try and shape the game in the way you wanted it. I don't know if you'd be able to convince coaches. To yeah. Coaches are already paid huge amounts of money just to coach. I'm not sure they'd need extra mo- hush money. I don't see the logic here following through the whole way. Not for all sports, all the time. Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it is. Ultimately, the theory isn't viable. And um, it's not viable because it's so expansive. I mean, it's exactly like you already said. I mean, if it had just been stated, the NFL and the NBA are rigged, it would be much easier to back it up. Exactly. And like, there are these scandals in these instants. But like, I honestly, I wrote down like the Black Sox one because everyone knows that and I wouldn't have to go into detail about that one. But even with these scandals, there's not enough of them to back up that universally. I mean, I would say there's still not even really enough to back up one of them being rigged. And um, I didn't even think about the like extra training that would be needed. You were completely right about that. Um, and like, that, at what age would you start? Like, once you're in high school, is that when they start teaching that to you? Like, well, if well, if you're already taught to play competitively against high-level players, why, why even yeah. make gameplay at that stage? Yeah. If you've devoted your whole life to mastering a sport, why would you not want to actually compete in the sport? Yeah, well, and that's a big thing right there, is like, if I practice something my whole life, and then they're like, and now that you're 20, we're changing okay. all of it. You can't do it for real anymore. I would be like, well, then I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. Why am I going to stay? Like, how much money are you going to give me to get me to stay? Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like people underestimate how, how that would, like, I can't say all athletes, obviously, but lots of athletes have integrity when it comes to their own improvement in their sport. People want to be good, genuinely good at what they do. And if yeah. you put them in a circumstance where they can never truly know if they're good or not, because it's all staged anyway, you know, lots of real athletes wouldn't be comfortable with that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mean, be comfortable with that. I think that's where, like, if you want to do a sport that is rigged and you have no problem putting your life at risk, go into stunting. <laughs> there you go. Like, but please, what else do you need? Whoever is listening to this, if you, like me, do stunts, don't encourage people to do stunts just because they want to do something rigged. It is incredibly dangerous. Thank you. Okay. I mean, to be fair, football. Oh, absolutely. Football's horribly dangerous. <laughs> yeah, like football, hockey, all sports, which despite not being staged, highly dangerous. Right. You know? I mean, I would still put See, and that's interesting. We're veering off again. There's more sports injuries than stunt injuries. But stunt really? injuries are usually much more severe. Okay, that I believe. So, at what point, which one becomes more dangerous? You're more likely to tear an ACL in football, but you're more likely to become paralyzed in stunting. Yeah. That's interesting. On the other hand, it would take a more severe injury to end a stuntman's career as opposed to a football player. If that they is... even had a minor injury that was chronic, that could throw off the rest of their yeah. career. Yeah. So it, at least in terms of longevity, stunting would probably be safer. Yeah. 
Um, and there's much lower risk of brain damage, at least. So that's true. That. That's true. You're protecting your brain. Yeah. Um, you're much more likely to suffer, like, external injuries. Than oh, yeah. But I think you're also more likely as a stuntman or person or woman to be breaking bones. Yes, that's that's exactly what I mean by external injuries. Okay. I thought you meant, like, cuts and bruises. Severe bodily harm than you are cranial harm. Yes. Yeah. But, like expect to end up with broken bones it's gonna happen there's no way to get around that when you get that awesome shot right like this shot of in wolf of wall street when um i forgot his name i'm really high dicaprio leonardo dicaprio he slams the glass down and it shatters and his hands all bloody i think that might have been Django. actually not i think it's Django. it's Django. And his hand's all bloody, it's because he actually sliced his hand open, and he's a fantastic yeah. actor. So when they were like, do you need to stop? He was like, no, let's keep going. With all this blood running down his hand. Yep. It's gonna happen. But those shots, man. Yeah. You know? But further proof that things can only be rigged to an extent. Exactly. Because you're practicing. Even, even the best choreographed, well-thought-out things can go wrong and frequently do. Mm-hmm. Even when top-level experts are being paid to do that. Well, it takes, you know, only a split second to duck too late. Yeah. I mean, a millisecond can make all the difference, especially when you're dealing with swords. And that was one movement, basically. Yeah. One, I guess one pair of movements, but it was one incident within yeah. a whole fight scene. And that took four takes. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine having to go live for two hours mm-hmm. on a football field. Yeah. No mistake. No, absolutely not. There's no, the probability of there being no mistake for two hours with I don't know how many players are on football teams. <laughs> I don't know. What's the longest single take film? And even then, most of the characters aren't on screen the entire time. Right. You know what? It would probably be Ryan Reynolds and Barry if that's a single take shot. I'm not 100% sure it was a one take movie. But regardless... I don't know if you've seen Buried, but basically it's Ryan Reynolds is literally buried alive in a coffin by like a terrorist. And it's about him having, literally it's just him in a coffin trying not to break down and panic over the course of an hour and a half. Yeah, I'd say it's a 2010 maybe, right? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, I will say the longest single shot in a movie was the movie where'd it go russian arc um it's a very old movie and it was a 90 minute single shot um yeah most the like shortest longest single shot that's the best way i can put that wording was um still six and a half minutes and so i mean i guess you get eight minute plays in football and then you can get called for like a timeout and like go over things like i don't know but like even so i mean the thing the thing is it's not even just a play yeah it's not even just a play it's it's when you have an entire game you've tried to script you can't take one play and then say cut yeah you know and then start over the game. Because people wouldn't go to the game. You know? 
Yeah, no one would go watch the game if that's what it was. Exactly. That's why movie sets are always so much bigger, that like, so much more boring than people realize. Oh yeah. It's because it is. Cut, the sun's not in the right angle, so we're going to wait for half an hour and then we're going to have 30 seconds to shoot this. Um, yeah. Cool, everyone stand by and you're standing for like an hour. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's go, 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 go. And you do it and they're like, wait, wait, there is a shadow. Like, yeah. you're not going to want to watch that. You, you don't want to watch that. I don't think they'd care so much about like the specifics of a of us designing a set. Well, right. For a movie, I don't think the football that necessarily for staging a football game that would necessarily be as important. I think the issue would be like most games start right around sunset. Yeah. And so the lighting's going to be changing, and so but, if you but have again, to go that, back, that doesn't matter for for most people watching the sport. The thing that would really be the issue is can you pull off two consecutive hours, no take, no, uh, no second takes for every play in a game. Right. And the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is fuck no. Yeah. Even, even in one take movies, or in one take scenes, you're usually not focused on one actor the entire no. time. So you right. have, so each actor gets a little bit of a break in between camera panes. Yeah. I want to see how big the cast of Russian art is. Um, ooh, two million five hundred dollar budget. Good. That's um, pretty good for a two million five hundred thousand dollar film. I, it looks like it had a big cast, though. The film displays thirty-three rooms of a museum, which are filled with a cast of over two thousand actors and yep. three orchestras. I was about to sit here and count that, so thank you. That is huge, though. So when you have that many people, it's easy to obscure certain errors in the film. Yeah. And and again, you're not going to be focusing on one person the whole time. You have time, you know, There, you can sort of rest your acting when you're not focused yeah. as the centerpiece of the, of the yeah. scene. Yeah. Jeez, 95 minutes. 95 minutes with 2,000 actors and three orchestras. Imagine this poor orchestras. <laughs> oh my god. What happens if you like drank a ton of water right before and you're like, oh my god, I have to pee and you have to wait 95 minutes? You're, you're fired. <laughs> Get out, we'll just pull in another random person on the street for 95 minutes. I mean, with minutes. actors, they can cover up one schmuck off the street. Yep, yep. If you think they had to pay all 2,000 of them. Uh, these must have been massive sets. I mean, a 33-roomed museum, that's huge. Yeah. And it is very possible that they were in a real museum and not on a set. <laughs> Look at this. Butner said that film sound was recorded separately. Quote, every time I did the take or someone else made a mistake, I would curse and that would have gotten in, so we did the sound later. <laughs> Me. It's amazing. Even in the live takes, they couldn't manage to do sound get perfectly and visual perfectly together. They yeah. still had to fix it up in post production. I want to know if there's any speaking lines in this in this movie. Yeah, you think there wouldn't be? Would you not go see a silent film in a museum? No. Okay. Not for an hour and a half. Fuck you. Two thousand actors and three orchestras. I'd call that 
overblown. <laughs> it's also already unrealistic because it's not as if nobody talks at a museum. Anyway, that was a really long tangent that brought us, you know, that gave us very strong, conclusive evidence. You're not staging massive, long sports things. Yeah. No, you're not. I think that basically wraps this theory up. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, the verdict. The verdict being, you know, all sports cannot be rigged. Some individual games, maybe, but not then. But even then, probably not by the organizing body of the sport. Yeah, I, you're risking too much. It's just not gonna work. Well, that's it. That's all she wrote. See you next week.